The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town to talk Andor episode five. We'll see you after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and the traitors. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, hello there, hello there, hello there. I'm balancing the mic. Beep, bop, boop, beep, bop, boop. I'm a droid. Hello there, rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I'm your rogue leader, electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester. And I am joined once again by the most masculine minds the rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth, the Klein Felt. Living in America. I'm back, guys. I'm back. I went to America. I did it. I jumped the border, and now I am home. I want to say that your country is a gong show. That is all. Scarif native and Anakin's favorite Padawan, Jacksonville Pews. I'm definitely not watching Andor to the side right now. I'm definitely not doing it. I hope this isn't the first this time that you've... I hope that like you're re-watching Andor. I hope that you've actually seen the episode. I will not confirm nor deny to keep the audience in suspense. We'll find out in a moment. But today is October 5th, and Andor Episode 5 has arrived, and we will chat about it in an hour. Supreme Leading Topic. Oh, yeah. And we cover the latest galaxy news in the Rebel Report. And we play a game in the Rebel Arcade. But before all of that, let's check back in with the smartest execute order 66 of this podcast. Fellas, how are you faring in your part of the galaxy? Klein Jamin Franklin. Hi, I'm uh, really happy to be back. I feel like I missed all of you. Um, You're an American. Yeah. I'm not American. I just do want to say I am more American than both of you. I've been in the room where the Declaration of Independence was signed, and I've been on the street the corner where, where Nicolas Cage did something in National Treasure, I'm very <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, uh, I went to Philadelphia, and it was a lot of fun. I will say shout out to the streets of Philly. I don't know if we have anyone listening. Great city. Don't know if I need to go back, but... It was fun while I was there. Had a Philly <laughs> cheesesteak. That was delicious. Don't know if I need to go back. That's exactly how you get pelted with snowballs like Santa Claus. And I also, guys, I had some Southern Uh-oh. barbecue when I was down there. And no, you didn't. Bro, okay. No, don't even hit me with that sideways Philly Southern barbecue. It's the fact that he said Southern barbecue while he was in Philly. I will also say, is, is, okay, I'm okay. This is going to show yes, my actual complete have. ignorance for American geography on just, uh, just uh, putting it out there. Is Pennsylvania near Georgia at all? Not no. at all. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. I heard a lot of, for some reason, some I people would it. open their mouths. I'm like, wow, like these people are from Georgia. Like they got that nice, like Southern Georgian twang, but I Probably guess maybe, Virginia. is there also a Pennsylvanian hmm. twang? I think there might be. Like there, there's like a Pennsylvania slant. Like there's definitely a way that not, they talk. I don't know if it's country though. It's no, not, that's not country. No, no the Pennsylvania okay, okay, slang okay, okay. is completely yeah, different. No, it's it, more yeah, like, it is different. 
it it's more midwestern or what have you but it was a lot yeah. of fun i confused a lot of people they'd oh you're visiting where are you from and i'd be like oh the, the western part of canada they're like oh, i don't even where's canada oh that'd be me uh can i mention something about american Jeez. geography real quick yeah sure, sure. Someone why to. i get during the 13 colonies time the colonial oh, period oh dude i've period. i'm immersed in that right now i was i was living the 13 okay, colonies so, so, <laughs> yeah but i don't know if you can answer this climb oh i can you dude. Just i've been on georgia and pennsylvania tours, <laughs> so i get why virginia was considered the south back then but was the, i was, it was south of everything else exactly but i just was listening to a podcast and guys like oh i'm from virginia so i i like I, I know Southern people. I know the South. I'm like, does that still count as the South? Maybe a type I'm sorry, of South. but if John Denver sings about your state, it's not the South. That's a good point. Um, interesting. I will say that Kentucky is still listen. If it's south of the Mason Dixon line, it's the South. Oh, right. and I will okay. say one, you know, of the highlights, though, one of the highlights of America, guys, I didn't actually go in, but I looked inside of it. Oh, a Wawa. Have you ever heard of a <gasps> Wawa? You didn't go into the I Wawa? I didn't go inside you of the Wawa. I looked inside Wawa's the Wawa classic. and said, this place looks like a magical place. I also went into a Trader Joe's for the first time. And let me tell oh, you what, it, is, pump, it is pumpkin season in Trader Joe's. Fellas. Yeah, Everything right, I was there last weekend, man. Hell yeah. I got a Wawa about two minutes or minute from my place. So. Can I tell you a Wawa story? Well, this is maybe not maybe not the reason why we didn't go into the Wawa, but one of the reasons that I I will say that I uh I don't know it was one of the things that I noted about the Wawa. There was a story and there's a video going around. You may have seen the video. It happened down the street from my hotel like last week. Like a hundred kids descended upon a Wawa in Philadelphia and like took it over and like robbed it. And like ask them, but and like have there's videos of them asking like the attendants or the not the attendants, the staff to like make them sandwiches and like this and that. And so the Wawa did kind of scare me a little bit. I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to like, I don't want to get robbed. Oh, don't you know the Canadian? The Canadian got scared because of the internet. Oh, don't you know? Um, you should have went into the Wawa. You know who has actually very surprisingly good cheesesteaks? This is. I, this is what I, you know what someone told me. They didn't say cheesesteaks. They said just the food there in general is great and the chicken parm sandwich. And oh. I, that to me, that speaks to me. Like, I love a good chicken parm. I like bread. You put the chicken parm between bread. I'm there. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm there every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I, uh, I get the same thing when I go to Wawa. It is a bacon, cheese, uh, bacon and egg hoagie. And I always get extra bacon. And if they don't have like all day breakfast, then I don't go to that Wawa. There you go. Because I only want bacon. I only want bacon and eggs. Damn it. So I'm so sorry good. to like totally derail the conversation and just keep on this Wawa. It's already point. derailed. Can bro. you explain to me? Because I haven't had it explained to me very well. Is Wawa like a 7-Eleven and a McDonald's mixed together? Like it's is it's it's a 7-Eleven that does like quick serve food? Like is that it looks like a convenience store from the outside, but everyone's like, oh, it's chicken parm sandwich and spaghetti they, and just a boom, boom, boom. They've got, like, they got like a deli. Like it's a, it's a, yes. it is a gas station with a deli inside. Yeah, okay. is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. All right. And we have a place to... called Daly's in Florida. 
uh, I think in Florida, maybe it's just, I don't know how big they are widespread, but Daly's is also kind of like a, it, it might just be Jacksonville, but they also have like a, it's a convenience store, gas station, but then they also have like a whole food area where you can get sandwiches or whatever. Hmm. Busy hmm. bees are kind of like that these days. I also yes. walked past a Shake Shack. I wanted to get Shake Shack while I was there. Oh, did you didn't not. do it? No, I couldn't. God. It was the, we couldn't figure out where it was. And then the last night I was there, we walked past it and it was closed. Went to a Hard Rock Cafe though. Had never been to one of those. That was pretty fun, I go. guess. <laughs> I guess. Jack, Jack, how are you doing, bud? Oh man, I'm I'm doing good. Uh, I wanted to go to a hot dog place on Sunday. We, Alana and I went to uh, see the sunrise that morning. We waited till oh, stayed I at the beach you, until. When you said sunrise, I'm like, did you? Were you gonna go get hot dogs and then watch no, the no, sunrise? No, no, no. Well, Jack, went... I love that. <laughs> well, maybe, but no. What we did was we went to see the sunrise at like 7:20, and then we stayed at the beach until 11, till the hot dog place opened because it's at the beach. And we get there at 11, and they oh, they were closed for uh, renovations until the first week of October, which was the next day. Oh, no. So we waited for nothing. So we went and got real barbecue, Klein. Real Southern barbecue. Uh, I love barbecue. I love it. I love it so much. I also made some fantasy football moves this weekend, which I'm pretty proud of. I'm proud of my team. Made a trade. Made some good acquisitions. And our league is the only one that I care about. And I feel like no (laughs) one else in the league really cares about it. Our league's the only one I don't care about. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. That's. I feel like it's how everyone else in our league thinks, and I'm the only not one me. who cares. It's not me. It's okay. Not me. Good. I am not that. I'm trying to win because I noticed okay, the same thing, Jack. I noticed people are like slacking. I'm okay. So I'm when you setting attack. my lineups. I'm making acquisitions, but I'm not like I'm not. Also, Jack, what's the deal? You're like, okay, Klein. I want to make a trade with you. I'll circle back to you on Monday, and then Monday morning I wake up and it's like, oh, Jack and JRB have made a trade, and I'm like, well, be, Klein, what I'll to tell you why. Circling back, my friend. I was going to. I reached out to JRB though because the guy I wanted on your team, who you initially denied me. Uh, was just placed is, on IR. Is, so yeah, I'm very yeah. happy I did not make that <laughs> trade with you. And that didn't work out. So that's why Jonathan I did not Taylor? No. No. I, was, I also uh, have him Patterson. on my team. He does. Ah, Corderell, yeah. <laughs> I, I also reached I, out to David saying I'd reach out, and I never did. <laughs> the worst. Dick. The worst. So I won every wanna single collude, one of my Thomas? leagues but one. <laughs> and do I want to collude? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, give me give me a running back that doesn't suck butthole. Oh, okay. um, well, yeah, I just got from JRB. Shout out JRB. Yeah, that mother effer took Jamal Williams, and he Dude, first he first he takes David's podcast from him, and now he's just like robbing every one of us. Does he have something against reckless rebellion? Like I'm. He uh, I I tried to pick up williams off the lions and he jamal williams and he ended up fucking snagging because he was ahead of me and i was like damn it dude i was like do you want him or can i give you like do you do you want khalil herbert i'll give you herbert and montgomery for him he's like no i want him i'm like i hate you bro but but tommy thursday for me so i knew i was gonna get williams so i was like you know what i'll settle for herbert and then you don't get williams so you get herbert and i got nothing that week which is why I i was like i need to make a trade I had Montgomery, man. He went down like a little injured human being that he is. I'm not going to call him a bitch because he got injured. It's the NFL. I can't survive that. Well, but, now um, Patterson is down, and I picked up the Falcons, who will probably be their starting running back, uh, I think Algier or something like that. Picked him up just to see what will happen. Oh, you know who I play this week? 
Who? JRB. Oh. <laughs> you should stomp that jerk. I that dude had to. three I'm of the top slow. 10 running backs, which is why I reached out to him because I needed a running back. I'm like, dude, you'll be fine without one of these guys. I need it. I'm I'm bitter. You're such I a salesman, Jack. You're league. always you're. It's that it's never like oh. this is. I it's always I hate it because you you sit down and you're like this is why this benefits you and I'm like no like but why does it benefit you? I want to know why you're doing it. <laughs> Don't worry about me. Only focus on you. That's what matters. We've, we've lost like five of our seven listeners, guys. <laughs> Football, the fantasy podcast about Star Wars. Um, I'm I'm doing well. Life's good. I had a birthday. I'm older now. I'm I, yeah. Fifty two looks good on you. Thank you, thank you. It, it rhymes well too. Um, I I'm still. I just want this to. I just want the world to know. I'm. I don't like to brag except for when I win, and then even then I forget about it. But I will always brag about my undefeated streak and clue. I have not lost since I was 15 years old. No and shit. This weekend. Really? Seriously. And this weekend was the hardest round of Clue I've ever played. Do you play a lot of Clue? Like, does that come up in your life? It's a staple. No, I don't. I can't get people to play me. No one in my family will play me. Come in town, Thomas. Let's play. Let's fucking go. I've never played Clue. (laughs) What? Oh, my God. Klein. Play me, Klein. Play me. Play me. I dare you to play me. It's hard. Thomas, do you usually play with three, four people? Five? Like, what's the normal amount you play usually with. it's about three or four because it's hard okay. to like rope people in this weekend exactly. it was five. Oh, this weekend that's it was why five. it was so hard well not just that but i was a little bit toasted because it was my birthday and people just kept giving me drinks and i was like yeah let's go um that's tough. so it's tough you know and i forgot to do like my number two bullet point in my plan my 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 wow. strategy wow. i forgot number two forgot to do number two so it slowed me down a little bit i started to have it a work backwards and be like oh yeah that's that's who i showed that card to i forgot i showed them that card i'm pretty sure i showed someone the same card three times and just didn't realize it because i couldn't remember who i showed what to and that's being a bad teammate on the on the board that's being a bad player on the board so i'm assuming that's what people kept doing to me because i was not paying enough attention (laughs) i'd like look down and be like haven't i already got that card Uh uh-oh let's put an x with our question mark and um i ended up i ended up just ending up in the room and i was like it's definitely this weapon everybody no one seems to have this character yet unless i've you know i'm drunk and forgotten i just happened upon it and i was like oh thank jesus the undefeated streak continues next time no matter how drunk my strategy will win i'm sorry thomas i've been trying to do some just like half-assed research while you were rambling on there for a few (laughs) little minutes um but i was looking to see if there was some sort of like florida clue league that you were like missing out on because it it seems like you really want to play clue and you have no one to play against anyone but i it's there's no dice like thomas we will start the clue florida league we will make it. it happen we have different versions of Clue, man. We have office theme Clue. We have Disney what? Clue. Oh yeah, it's fun. More like Jack Clues, am I right? Oh my oh god. Oh my god. Yes, Jacksonville Clues Clues. There it is. Hey, that's, that's a good one. That's it. We're changing the nickname. No, they, um, I'm waiting for a Marvel themed Clue game, and you have to find out who the scroll is. And it's based around who's the scroll. That's cool. What did they steal? And where did they steal it from? Or, you know, something along those lines, right? And You're onto Marvel, Disney, fuck, man, don't even hire me. Just give it to me. Keep the idea. Just give maybe, me 30. Maybe free take boards. some royalties. <laughs> I will take 30 
thousand dollars flat. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's a board game that they're going to sell eternally. They'll make their money off of it. It's fine. It's hey, there sh- there should be a thing called Andor Clue. Get it? Segway. Ooh, yes, nice. I do. Are we going to go over there? We just want to hop into the Rebel Report real quick. I think. Oh, Rebel let's do Rebel Report. Report. Yeah. We're going to jump into our Rebel Report. News, 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 news. Jack, Jack, take it away. All right, folks. The Acolyte has had a release update bestman bolton revealed that the acolyte is set to begin filming this october all the way through may 2023 indicating that a potential 2024 release date could be expected for the series so a little short here but uh clan i'll go to you first are you disappointed by this 2024 release is it expected is it a good fit tell me your thoughts i mean you look at the number 2024 as just a regular everyday person like a run-of-the-mill dude john and mary frenchport John and Mary front porch out there. Um, and it feels so far away. Like 2024 feels a long time away. Like the other, or just today, someone said, oh, something, I forget, some contract or something ends in like March, 2023. And I'm like, oh, that's a long time away. It isn't. Like it's like 2023 <laughs> is like three months away from now. So I think a 2024 release date for this fits totally fine. I think next year we've got so much Star Wars content we're going to be getting whether it's Ahsoka, Mandalorian Season 3, Vision Season 2, um, Skeleton more Crew, Bad Batch stuff, Skeleton Crew possibly. We could be getting a whole lot of, a whole whack of stuff. So this makes a lot of sense to me that it is a 2024, maybe even early 2024 um, at that, if it's going to be filming up until May. Like that's a long time between May and the beginning of 2024. So this could even be like a next Christmas thing. But um, I don't know. I'm into it. Uh, I think that 2024 works for this in the kind of succession of these shows they have in my mind. But I don't know. What do you think, Thomas? Does this excite you? 2024, Acolyte? It does. I think it works out well because they started in uh, January 21 and they ran until about, I want to say, March or april of this year with phase one of the high republic phase two Mm -hmm. just started yesterday yesterday yeah and so it's looking like that might be about the end of phase three if you give it another two years from now so the acolyte is again set after the end of the high republic so it might just fall in line with we've read all the high republic now here's the show that will wrap it all up leading into the skywalker saga thing is beautiful it's poetry it's rhymes also they're filming in october so that means it's going to be an awesome fucking show nice i didn't even think about the high republic stuff that's a good point um yeah i i don't really have much to add i just think whatever they do they need to keep promotional material as far away from mando related stuff as possible just to so people aren't confused like with andor you have the benefit of like we've seen the character of andor before so even if you're a general Star Wars fan, you kind of realize, oh, that's the guy from Rogue One. I kind of know where this is. Um, but with Acolyte, it's completely new. So just yeah. Lucasfilm, make sure you don't let people get confused. I mean, it will it will happen, but do your best to make sure people won't get confused with like, oh, how does this fit into like Mando or Ahsoka or something like that? Um, and yeah, I mean, if they promote it with the High Republic as well, or just like make that happen sequentially, that'd be pretty sick. Um, but moving on to our next topic, um 
another brief one. We have some brief ones this week. Uh, Christian Bale in Star Wars. In a recent interview with THR, Bale said, all I ever wanted in Star Wars was to be in a Star Wars outfit and hit my head on a door or something as I walked through. The real nerds who watch Star Wars way too many times. Yes, that's me. That's all of us. Uh, always knew about that one scene where the st- stormtrooper hits his head on the door as he comes through. I wanted to be that guy. That was it. But look, if I'm fortunate enough to be more than that, oh man, yeah. What a delight that would be. I've still got the figures from when I was little. I also know Kathy Kennedy very well because she was working with Spielberg when I did Empire of the Sun, and now she runs the Star Wars universe. So guys, Thomas, I'll go to you first on this one. What would you want to see Christian Bale do in a galaxy far, far away? That's a very, very tough question because my instant thought is like, ah, just put him in Imperial uniform and make him an Imperial dickhead. And then I'm like, yeah, that's kind of boring. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him flesh out the chiss universe once they bring in thrawn you know and do whatever they're going to do but there's a whole section of the universe that mainstream star wars fans don't really know about they the ones who don't read the books know zero things about the chiss the only chiss that anyone really knows from visual and movies and shows is thrawn us book reading nerds we know we know what's going on out there in the chiss ascendancy and it's some crazy awesome shit and everyone's blue and they got red eyes and they're hot they're hot man like avatar no 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 i said red eyes pantorans mm. are the avatar mm. equivalent with their yellow eyes very good i like that thomas that's actually cool i i think he honestly i think he could be a good thrawn and i don't think they would i don't think they've casted him as thrawn but i think he could pull that off don't fucking uh, do that to me, man. Don't, <laughs> don't make one of the greatest actors of our generation be like, yeah, he could be Thrawn. Yeah, I know he could be Thrawn. I didn't want to go there, but since we're here, he'd slay it. He'd oh, he slay. would. He would crush it. Yeah. I I, I tweeted out. like Lose I think, 40 pounds. And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tweeted this out, but like he could literally do anything in Star Wars and it would be perfect. Like, oh yeah, and it's not just because he's a great actor, but he he genuinely kind of fits a lot of different roles that you see in Star Wars. Like he could play that tough Imperial, or he could be a Sith Lord, or he could be a really wise Jedi. Like whatever it is, Solo guy. He could be a scoundrel, yeah, or or like a rebel type of like Andor character, or like Mm. the possibilities are endless. So if I had to choose one, I think I think I would go Sith Lord just because I want to basically see his role as gore the god butcher extended i mean obviously it would be different but he just plays a villain so well and is so creepy that i think he could Dude. i wanted to see a sith lord christian don't Bale. say it thomas i have I, I know what you're gonna say and i want to say it klein klein take it um so you know who can play really well in a mask christian bale can okay so here's my pitch darth revan y'all let's go give me oh. christian bale as darth revan Ooh. or even plagueis i don't care uh, but yeah, just like just like a sick like epic Sith, Damn. like that would be I think yeah. Just give me more Gore the God Butcher, but wielding a lightsaber. I just I go to Revan immediately because I just I think he's got the body for it, and yeah, he, he works well in a mask. He's super intimidating, anyways, just with his voice. And I think he I think that would be awesome. They've already sort of teased that they may go in that direction, so that could be really cool. Yeah, what I was going to say is I want to see him mix gore with Batman. And that's just, Revan, dude. Yeah, dude. And it, holy shit. Perfect. That's synergy right there. Yeah. 
You know, just real quick fan casting that this does not come from me. Christian Harloff has said this for years. Um, you know who'd be a great young Palpatine? Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I think he could pull that off. So, Fucking or Christian man. thinks it. And I've agreed. I hope, since I hope we never get a young Palpatine. Like I don't. You I know, think, we, on, well, we, we might. We were in supposed to. I don't. Want we were supposed it. to get a young Palpatine played by Matt Smith. Oh, he would have crushed it. after watching oh. uh, Alice of the Dragon. He would yes. have been so good. He would have slayed after it. having just rewatched Morbius. No, stop, Klein. Get on <laughs> no, House no. of the Dragon. Yes. Let's go. watch anything. Man, watch dude. Doctor Who. I'm sorry, man. Sake. I got some Rings of Power to catch up on. House of oh. Dragons just so far you in know, the back burner. Dude, right the main lady in uh, the Rings of Power would play a great Avar Chris from the High Republic. I'm just saying, she's fucking. Perfect. I know who that is by you mean picture. Um, oh, Galadriel. Galadriel, yes. Yes. I didn't realize until I watched, started watching episode one of Rings of Power, and I have not watched it since that sh that she was playing Kate Blanchett's character. Oh from yeah. Lord oh, of the there's a I few, like, dude. I you, don't know a lot. You keep watching. There's a few name drops, and you'll be like, I know that name. That's sick as hell. All I know I is young not. Ned Stark is in that show, um, and he's playing a character from Lord of the Rings. Uh, but he was great as young Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. You know? Gotcha. Okay, yeah. moving on. One more thing, and this is really just for Thomas. Star Wars yeah. Lucasfilm released a new trailer for the High Republic Phase Two. So, Thomas, Path of Deceit just released yesterday, I believe. Does this trailer excite you? I absolutely love this trailer. Like, holy shit! There's so much going on. There's characters that are going to be ancestors of the bad guys. There's the demon smoke monster dogs, whose name I can't. Oh, what do they call it? The Dude, leveler? I swear, he looks like a melted candle. What is that thing? I've never it, seen that thing before, and I watched it. And I'm like, it, what it is turns, going on? It turns Jedi. It, it feeds fear into Jedi and then sucks the life force out of them and turns them into literal dust. Yeah, all in one move. And mm. that's what killed the shit ton of Jedi at Starlight Beacon as it fell. Um, here's, here's what I do know, because I have read some of Path of Deceit. Path is the name of the uh, system. Oh my God. There's a way to g navigate through hyperspace that is different than normal navigation through hyperspace. You do not need hyperspace lanes, and they call them the paths. There's also, so far in this book, a, a cult called the Path of the Hand, who tries to liberate the Force from control of lightsiders, aka Jedi, but also probably darksiders if they knew they existed. They utilize, so far, three blue lines, which signify the waves of the Force, and those will eventually become lightning storms, or lightning strikes from phase one of the High Republic. Holy fucking shit. Star Wars books are back, baby. Let's go. Did they ever leave? No, because I read Princess and the Scoundrel, and oh my god, dude, it's so good. <laughs> They get married, and then they go on their honeymoon, and then it turns into a rebel saving a whole world operation. Of course it does. Fucking Han, man. Han, what a guy. What a guy. Leia. What a, what a lady. <laughs> when are we going to get some Star Wars lit erotica? Like, honestly. like Okay. Like, all right. <laughs> it, it is all over the internet. All right? All right? I want right. canon stuff though, man. Like Princess and the Scandal. That sounds Andor. like ripe. That sounds like a ripe opportunity. 
Andor. We saw oh, butt in Andor. The, Come on, Star Wars listen, is progressing. Books, this is not yo, your dad. Star Wars. You should you should read some books, Klein, because it gets Lost sexy. Stars. It gets sexy in 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 Star Wars. They they get a little Only salty. Nipple, they have a little bit read. more navigation. Lost I, Stars I is a little uh, like Fifty Shades type of. Which one? Mm, I've heard Lost that. Stars. It's one of the I first heard that books movie. they put out. It's a great book, uh, folks. That wraps that wraps up our Rebel Report. This news is brought to you by TheDirect.com. And if you want to know about all the latest from the Star Wars universe, be sure to check out the site. And kids, always remember to cite your sources. I think we should go ahead and jump into our Supreme Leading Topic. Oh, yeah. And that is, of course, Andor Candor. Episode 5. Did we have a name for this episode? It wasn't there. The Axe Forgets. The axe forgets. I think that is correct, but the trees remember. Yes. So, thoughts and feelings, gentlemen. Let's use the force. We'll jump to you, Jack, since you're still watching it. How you feel about this episode? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I was rewatching it. Everybody, suspense fulfilled. Um, Liar! I... <laughs> I love that. That's a soundbite. Um, I love this episode. I think watching it i feel like depending on my mood i think i could have just as easily been really bored by it but like i don't know i i woke up and immediately i understood what this episode was gonna be and what it was gonna try to do and i also think it confirmed that they really are taking this opportunity with 12 episodes to do these like three episode chunks and i'm just i'm all in on the show i'm all in on the characters diego luna that's everybody else in this show. They all look great. They act great. The passion is there from the characters, from the creators behind this project. And I don't know. This show has given me everything I wanted uh, before it started. Everything everything I could have hoped for is in this show. And I think next week is going to be amazing. Kleino. This is something that I noticed maybe... I guess because I just watched episode four as well uh, yesterday or Monday, a couple days ago. And then I watched episode five today. I think that Andor is doing a better job at like utilizing the like television format, the week to week format than I think anything else Star Wars or maybe even Marvel has done. Like this doesn't feel like a movie that's been stretched Mm. out into a TV show. Like this feels... Mm like a TV show. This feels like something like Breaking Bad. You can have these episodes. I really noticed it with episode four and then with this where not a ton happens. You just get character moments and you just kind of spend time with these characters. And yeah, the plot slowly moves along, but it's stringing you along. And then you get that thing right at the end that's kind of just like, it's it, it reminds me a lot of Breaking Bad in that way. It, you get that thing right at the end where it's like, we're going to do this next week. And it's like, oh my God, I can't wait. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm really, really liking this show. I think I'm with Jack in that if I was in a different mood, if I was expecting maybe something different, I might be upset. I'm like, oh, this isn't rip roaring enough for me. Like there hasn't been enough action. I mean, we really haven't had like a real action scene since episode three. Like that's kind of been it, but I'm kind of in for just like living in this world and I think this show, even though I love Rogue One, I think this show is doing a lot for me for um, Diego Luna's character, for, for Andor. I think that, that it's doing maybe even a better job at like like really establishing this character. I mean, it makes sense. We have more time with him. But 
it's doing a great job of like really making me care about him and really putting me in his shoes. I love it. It reminds me of, I thought about this when I was flying the other day, cause I was really just thinking about Andor for some reason. It reminds me a lot of like a Tom Clancy novel or like, like one of those, like, just like, like this is an espionage thriller it is it's gonna get into the nitty-gritty it's going to be slow it's like a fuse that is slowly burning but it is going to go boom like it it will just wait just like just be patient and i like it it is different it is different but it is still star wars and i i, I really liked this episode it it really is a drama first Oh yeah, and Star Wars yeah. second. And it's that's a drama with like it's that. a drama with a Star Wars wrapper rather than a Star Wars product with a drama wrapper. Oh, great way of putting yeah. it. And just going off what you said, Clyde, I want to say real quick because that's something David Thompson's been talking about, which is both some Star Wars shows, but definitely with the Marvel shows, is that they don't feel like they were really made for television, or that they're not utilizing the television format to like properly tell their stories. It feels and, like they've taken movie products and just like right. almost cut them up and added these little not filler because I do think that some of the Disney stuff has been effective, um, but it, it, I don't know, empty calories, just kind of like things to stretch it mm -hmm. out. It it hasn't utilized the TV medium like this like this right. feels like a tv show this, this feels like it. something that would show up on amc back in the day or would show up on hbo like this to me feels equivalent to the dramas that you're seeing uh, like mm. all over i'm not going to compare it to something like succession but it reminds me of that in this kind of slow burn right. over a season storytelling i I'm going to carry that forward. Uh, I, I agree. I think it is the best Star Wars TV has ever truly been. And I've said that since the very beginning. I think this is the best Star Wars show we've gotten simply because it is. It, an episode will end and I have the immediate feeling like I do when I watch House of the Dragons, which is I don't want to wait seven days like I had that in Mando. But then I'm like, well, now I can break it down and stuff. There's not that much to truly break down here other than the acting, which isn't as that an actor, crazy. Like I these love. are some of the longer episodes of Star Wars content that we've gotten, and there's not a ton to break down. It is a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of characters it's, going back yes. and forth and and you're not having the you're not having Mando show up and get a brand new spaceship. Like it, it's it is yeah. it's not flashy at all, but I think that subdued nature that it is way more subtle than anything else mm -hmm. that we've gotten. And I I really like it. I know that isn't yes. vibing with a lot of people, but well, not to be that guy, but they can suck it. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Honestly, like the people are like, there's not enough action. The action is in the acting. That right. is what art is. Art is about different things. It's not about big explosions. You want big explosions? Go watch a fucking Michael Bay movie. That is one director I do not want in Star Wars, by the way, where it's a foreshadow oh, to what no. we're going to do later. The 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 fun game that we totally teed up at the beginning of this episode. But I I 100 percent think this is the best Star Wars show. And it's it's not close in any way, shape or form. And really? the only. Yeah, really. Are you really is, are you even even like yes. Clone Wars? Clone Wars, Rebels. No, sorry, Rebels. live action. Okay, However, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Because that they I'm utilize thinking, the television no, format do. for sure. Yeah, so do I. If I if I had that... to compete, if I had to com compare, excuse me, Andor and Rebels are the two that are like up there because Clone Wars is it is anthology, right? 
Right. But yeah. you could, a you lot could of argue it, yeah. Andor is anthology. Season one of Andor seems to be mixing Clone Wars three episode arcs with Rebels continuous storytelling. And next season, up. next season is going to be a little bit more Clone Wars with a little bit of Rebels sprinkled in, I think. So it's fun to watch how it's I'm really excited to see where this show goes because that has great potential to land this speeder, this starship, this star destroyer right in the middle of our hearts and claim live action animated whatever the greatest star wars show of all time i think it has that potential every week i watch this i feel like i'm watching a star wars version of battlestar galactica from yeah. the tone the the energy the politics the, the politics the, 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 the you're seeing the um, subtle nuance yeah and you're seeing like you're seeing the sausage get made in a way like it is very like in the weeds on a lot of stuff um mm. that it that star wars star wars can be up its butt over a lot of things like it can go deep on a lot of stuff metachlorian like like it can go <laughs> we can trade federation like all this all that but i do think that this is this is doing it in a much more effective way than it has been done before mm -hmm. um yes. or maybe not has ever been done before but has been done in some instances yeah i i agree with that entirely and you know, the, the one thing that I want to end my thoughts and feelings with are you were mentioning that you feel more for Andor and it's really making you love him more in Rogue One. When I, <laughs> my birthday, we were doing game night. I happened to see that Rogue One was on TNT. So I threw it over to there. I think I was watching TNT that same night when I was in America because I saw go! Rogue One was also on TNT. Amera buddies, let's do it, man. And so it's right there at the end, you know. They, they get her down. They, they send off the signal. Vader does his thing, or basically. And I think we turn it on, and they're sitting on the beach. Diego Luna, um, Andor, and Jen Erso are sitting on the beach, and it lights up. And I'm watching. And before, I'm like, wow, like he's, he's there hugging. And then all of a sudden, he opens his eyes like, oh, I'm being burned. And I'm like, man, that's like, oh, that's, that's a great nuance. And now I'm watching and going, he's dead, man. He's dead. And there's a piece, there's a line from episode three, which is you're going to die fighting these guys. Wouldn't you like to give it all all in one go for something that actually matters? And instantly it, it was in today's previously on hopped into my head and I went, yeah, he gives it literally all to something that matters and helps turn the tide for the rebellion. Well, and that's the funny thing is I think it's it's a lot of people coming into this will go like, well, why should I care? He dies like like mm -hmm. we know the end of his story. But the funny thing is that I think that actually knowing that he dies makes it more effective, like knowing that like this character doesn't go on forever. And like like he is working towards an end goal that he doesn't even know he has yet, like mm -hmm. I think is is very effective and actually does make me yes. care more about this character. I think a little bit more knowing that it, it it he isn't. I don't know. I don't want to say Darth Maul. Like he like he just like he isn't just going to show up again. Like he's not just going to oh pop up. Oh, we're going to get an Andor cameo coming up in Ahsoka. Like. Um, well, but, we could I, okay. in, a, in a flashback, but I, only in a like, flashback. I think that Diego Luna will be Andor in Andor, and I think that's going to be it. And I think yeah. that is awesome. Fair. I mm -hmm. think that rules. Yes. I think the only reason, the only chance we get Rebels characters and Andor crossing over is in the show Andor next season. 
in season two. I think that's the only yeah. opportunity oh, for sure. to get for it. Sure. And I think they can come. And I think the way that like the, the crew behind this in Tony Gilroy and everyone working on it has proved to me up to this point that they could handle a cameo like that and not make it super like, Hey, look, mm-hmm. shiny thing. It's something, you yeah. know, like, it's it's it, they will not do the member berries thing from South Park like no. like they will have them show up and it will be it will be effective I think yes I think bringing them in right after Kanan Jarrus dies would be very oh, intriguing um, or right before or right before I mean I prefer that could before. be that could I be really cool before so I can get Freddy what if we saw Jr. what if we saw I mean this is totally let's, out there but like yeah, what if not we saw too much Kane but... and Jarrus's death from a different point of view like what if Stop that it. was a part of andor that would be insane i don't know how they do that that would hurt more than i need it to hurt and i, I don't know what if not. he's a part of that mission like what if well, no then, i no, do that, think though the, that mission was that very mission side was, questy for that yeah. crew. okay it, the rebels yeah. weren't part of it necessarily they went off they went off record for that just because yeah. they did what andor did in rogue one they were like fuck you we're doing it anyway true yeah so um really quick before we dive into the the what the very little plot that we have klein you mentioned that there's no other marvel shows that feel like a tv show the only one actually no the only one are you gonna say is airing right now yes i would say but it's a very different kind of tv show very different it's a genuine true i mean straight to the heart sitcom where each episode is pretty much a bottle and they kind of continue the season long story, you know, with a line of dialogue here, a single scene there. And it's people are losing their freaking marbles because now they're expecting Marvels. I didn't mean to say Marvels. They're expecting Marvel to give them a, a, a movie in a show format. And now they're finally getting a television show in a show format and Moon Knight was very much the end of that era and Miss Marvel was the closest we'd gotten until She-Hulk of a genuine week-to-week television show. But Ms. Uh, She-Hulk's the only one that's 100% clasped it, grabbed it, tossed it aside and said, here I am. You know who else said, here I am this week? Cyril Karn, hopping into the plot. He is a very short, very, very short. I find it hilarious in a not haha, but a very mm, kind of way that Cyril Karn and Mon Mothma have huge character growth in this episode. It only, they each have two scenes. That's it. That's all they have. And their characters are infinitely pushed forward. Cyril Karn, in case you're wondering who that dickhead is, it <laughs> is the, it is the, the uh, button up, change my suit. I'm going to take everyone to take out this Andor fellow. Uh, his mother sucks. It's plain and simple. His mom is a jerk. I'm not, I can totally see why he did not want to go back to her and why he is the way he is. He's just trying to live up to the family's whatever. Well, Uncle Harlow is going to help Cyril find a job, allegedly, and we don't really know what that is, but he really talks shit about Cyril being a cop. Uh, and then we find out at the very end in his second scene that he has a vendetta against Andor, and he stares at his hologram longingly and, you know, I like the line from his mother that it, this one, I, I didn't mean to put it in the notes, but fuck it. I'm already saying it. Any civilized being knows an in, open invitation is no invitation at all. Too real. And I'm just, it, yeah, like, I was like, like, too, like <laughs> how? <too real>. Yeah. <laughs> that's why everyone's, that's why, that's why my family never visited me. 
Um, also, he eats cereal. Weird. Yeah, he cereal eats cereal. So it's good. cereal cereal. It does look uh, really Captain good. Crunch I would eat that cereal. Yeah. Yeah, it was man. It was it was up. Uh, so, what do we think about Cyril Karn's mini arc that we got this episode? We'll start with you, Jack. Jack. I I mean, he's definitely someone who hate probably hated his life with his mom and like deep down loves her but like you know she's very like i mean she sucks like you said thomas and you know saying you got to do this or you need to go do this this is like the best choice for your life and then he found being essentially a cop a policeman and he's like no like this is like this could be for me this could be my passion and i'm gonna do whatever i can to excel in this to prove my mom and everybody else wrong and that's why he's such a stuck up annoying guy in those first three episodes and and then he come like him coming back to this to his life with his mom is like you can tell how hard it is on him because he ba- like what happened basically proved her right and you can tell yeah. how like he has so much built up anger at her but also he can't really go off on her because again in a way she was right because things didn't work out for him and he you know you can see him dealing also with the trauma and and the fact that he lost people, his coworkers and, and he was, I mean, whether you like it or not, he was in a fight and could have lost his life. I mean, I love this show because whether it's with this or with other things, it's showing you how like real this world is. Like so many times in star Wars, we see a big action scene and, and it's like, Oh cool. That was fun. But now it's like, no, this is what it's really like to be in those things. Like, could you imagine if our Earth was actually like the MCU? Like, dear God, I would hate it. We, I would be scared to go outside my door any day of the week of like an alien invasion or something. But like, this is actually what the world is. And I just love seeing, seeing him deal with that, dealing with his mom, dealing with like his expectations and his hope for life and seeing him just completely crushed here. But also seeing the one thing that's still eating at him and the one thing that you know, he's trying to find a path for something. And right now that's revenge for Andor. And I love how they left him this week. And it's, it's going to build up to something. I just don't know how or when, and also uncle Harlow. I'm really expecting this guy to like, not be a character we know, but like be something. There's something else there. I feel like, or it could just be whatever. I don't want to get expectations, but yeah, this was, it's what you said, Thomas, like two scenes. And there was so much with this character somehow. It's fantastic writing and acting i i feel bad because i'm i need to look at the actor's name like i think what he's doing is like some of the most interesting like nuanced acting i have maybe seen in star wars like it is so there's so many layers to it and every little look and every little glance whether it's it's the look of dismay at his mom like you can tell that he is I don't know, like, especially coming off of seeing him in the first couple episodes, like he is a cocky bastard, but with so much insecurity underneath it. And it's like, exactly. so different. I mean, maybe not so different because you have like Kylo Ren and stuff like that. And he's got some insecurities, but it, it's a little more. It's a different approach. It's a different approach. I would say like, and it's not even a different approach from the actor or from the like the character it's just a different approach of direction and like like those are the main line like that is a space opera like like everything is played up there it is over dramatic and 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 we love that like that's that's awesome but this is way more like real world of just like this is a dick and he's a dick for a reason and we're seeing why and i i don't know i really like it and i'm fascinated i was a little maybe not i would have said it last week if I was on last week's episode, 
I was a little mad in episode four that we didn't go back to him a ton. I was like, oh, like you kind of built him up to be kind of this antagonist for the series. Mm -hmm. And then, and I'm happy we went back and I'm excited to see kind of where we go um, with him and, and how he conflicts with Andor throughout this season. And then maybe even next season, like maybe this is something that does build all the way Mm -hmm. through, which could be pretty cool. Um, But I, I do, I do like him a lot. And, and I did like this little these little glimpses into his life. That cereal looked delicious. <laughs> that actor's name is Kyle Soler, by the way. Soler, maybe Soler, Soler, S O L L E R. Um, I agree. I I think he just killed it, like one hundred percent in and out. There's no better way to say it. he he's crushing this, and I'm I'm rooting for the guy. Like I shouldn't be. But I kind of am now. I want him to just become whatever he's meant to be. Um, last week, Tony Guroy mentioned in an ep- uh, in an interview that he, Cyril Karn, kind of wants to be an ISB officer. So you see that in the first three episodes, like the way he functions. Uh, that's what he wants to be. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes. Another character, like I mentioned, that only had a couple scenes is Mon mothma we have three scenes on coruscant two of which are mon mothma one is the isb mon mothma's family hates her um you know there's a scene where her her daughter comes in she mentions oh i'm taking you we have a schedule to keep and then it's like it's all about you isn't it you know here's the thing i oddly understand where the kid is coming from as it seems that mon may not be as involved in the upbringing of her daughter as we would think and Perhaps that is what Perrin is mad about, her husband. Um, and then later on, Perrin and Mon, you see, really do have a shitty relationship. Um, he's mentioning, oh, why didn't you mention this new organization to me? And she says, I didn't think you would be interested because it's charitable. And it's like, huh. okay, yeah, huh. So I want to know what y'all think of this Mon Mothma situation. We'll start with you, Klein. Um, the whole Mon Mothma of the whole series, actually, I'm not, I think this is the one aspect that I'm not like a hundred percent loving. Um, I do find myself drifting a little bit whenever we do go on to, into her scenes, which I shouldn't, because this is one of the characters I know and it's on Coruscant, which like, I didn't get to talk about last week. Like that's so cool that we're getting more Coruscant. Um, I think that's awesome. And I do think that this will pay off. I think that we are like, as I said, this is a slow burn. Like we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, but right now, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to set up this more political intrigue, more ties to a like greater rebellion. And she's the one that she has Senate ties. So of course she's gonna have a lot of power. But right now I, I am kind of wishy-washy on it. Like I could take it or leave it. I think by the end of it, they're going to sell me on it. But right now I am, I don't know, not a hundred percent in. Yeah. I'll, I'll go off of what Klein just said there. I think the thing with Mon Mothma for me is I haven't been as interested in any Mon Mothma scene as I was in that first one. And since that first one, which is incredible, by the way, when she's talking with Stellan Skarsgård's character, Luthen, ever since then, it's just I love been... him. I will say, yeah, I, I oh, love all, sure. I love him. It's just the, the interactions between the two. I'm like, I don't, I just don't know where it's headed. 
Right. Well, then that's what I'm saying. Like for me, like it's been downhill kind of ever since that first scene with her, because I'm with you in the sense, like I get what they're setting up for her character and also like the emotional loss of what, because like she doesn't have time for her kid because like she's literally out here trying to save lives, but also it's a teenage kid. A teenage kid doesn't understand that. Doesn't understand the complexities of the real world and probably what her mom is trying to do. Cause like she, her mom isn't just like doing the, they obviously don't know about the re- rebellion stuff that she's probably doing on the side with Luthen, but they, I mean, she's still representing in the Senate and she mentioned it, I think in episode four about um, something like shipping lanes and like, I don't know, people dying. Yeah. I just I briefly remember yeah. that. So it's like for a teenage girl, like I get it. Like you see your mom, like paying, giving her life and devoting her life to that and not you. And then you had the dad over here. Who's like, just <laughs> like, Oh, you're so boring. <laughs> like, it's like this dude just wants to have a fun life. And so I understand yeah. why she sides with him. Um, also, do you guys think they had an arranged marriage? Yes. I think they did for political yeah. reasons. Yep. And I, um, it doesn't look like they've had a day of ha- maybe like there were a few days of happiness at first when they had their kid, but they've never saw eye to eye on life in general. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to carry on what was said last week. Um, Leah said that Perrin is just a frat boy that never grew up and uh, I got hurt. Wow, that is, yeah, that is so spot on. Yeah, I know exactly. I was like, I don't know if I'm offended because I was a frat boy who never grew up or because I know people like that. I can't tell which one it is. Uh, and then uh, Sav, uh, Savannah also said, yeah, it feels like an arranged marriage. So it's it's interesting that we're really continuing down that line right there. But I'm intrigued to see what happens once Mon Mothma comes under. Because I feel like we're building. We're building, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the... They're, they're setting up for that dinner. We never saw that dinner that was going on. I don't know if that happened off camera. I don't remember if it was for that night or setting up for a couple days. I can't fully remember. But I feel like whatever happens in this next episode is going to bring a little bit of extra attention to Mon Mothma in a negative way. And they might have to, like, wait a minute. Like, you know, it, it might go good. It might go bad. I know y'all weren't here last week that in a certain point of view, set during a new hope perrin is with mon mothma there is no mention of leda not a single mention of her child this week i messaged leah and was like wait a minute mon mothma has a kid and and that's bad news i don't think i don't think the daughter makes it wow that is my official prediction i don't think leda makes it i think she becomes political collateral Mm. Mm. I will say I do think there may be because we still don't know for sure but like in one of the books uh, we find out that Andor's parents were separatists and there's still yet I mean jury's still out on whether his adoptive parents were were separatists because they could be and that could be part of the reason why his dad Clem eventually you know gets hung in the street Um, you know uh, it, it the I don't know if we talked about it, but those we said they were the Republic Signia on the shoulder. Those were actually mm-hmm. separatist insignias. Right. So exactly. So they could be separatists, but I, it could I, I be very confusing, you know? Right. But what I guess what I'm, what I'm going off though, is that I don't think, I think since there was no mention of the kid in the books, I don't know if it's like a, 
it could be from a place of like, ah, eh, let's wreck on that. It, it might just be a thing of, well, she just yeah. wasn't mentioned in that book for whatever it reason. But but also what you're saying, what you're setting up there with political collateral, like I could absolutely see that. Or mm. like like whether or not she dies, maybe she's persuaded to, it's like, hey, your mom is crazy. She's trying to support these rebels and bring down the order that the empire brings and she could just be persuaded to the empire side. So yeah, I could see either of those. But shout out Savannah Sanders and mm. uh, Leah as well for hopping in there on Reckless Rebellion last week taken over while a lot of the boys were out uh fantastic job i started listening to the episode didn't finish it sadly but i will Ooh. um i mean you guys look you guys are fantastic like they fit in so perfectly and thomas that's also because of your great hosting skills so um yeah Don't just wanted to shout up. them out oh one more thing about mon Mokma, guys i saw this on yes. twitter so someone brought up the star wars rebels episode with her uh, a precious cargo yeah and they were they brought it up to tony gilroy during an interview and they just brought up the fact that at that point she has um, – I think she's left the Senate at that point. And so they, I don't know. The, the, the interviewer just kind of brought that up and was kind of more so speaking to the audience. But Tony Gilroy like, was like, whoa, 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 wait. That hasn't happened yet. That happens in 2BBY and that, that happens during this certain massacre that I forget the title of. And I'm like, yes. look at Tony Gilroy coming in with yes. the information. Tony G, man. I wait, think they- – that last season two man i don't i'm just saying season yeah. two you know because we're obviously hopping around in terms of the timeline there might be some stuff we get into i don't know if we'll see any of like that episode of rebels but like just that time period of her dealing with the senate and then of course by a new hope the senate gets disbanded so if she leaves it she becomes a political target like all this like it just got hearing him say that gets me excited because they're obviously about to start shooting season two i'm like oh baby like whatever he has in store i'm just I'm so in on this show. Thomas, are you looking it up? I'm looking something up specifically because last week there was a mention um, of the shipping lanes being closed down. Yes. Well, the name of those shipping lanes is the exact same mention of the matter that leads to her leaving. The Senate. Is it the Gorman massacre? The yes, something like that. The Gormian massacre, something along those lines. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. Massacre, yeah. So that is that that you know they started that that process right here, right now, last week. So it's building to that point. So it seems like that could be something that expands upon it gets expanded upon and again that's a slow burn that's a three years from shutting down shipping lanes to massacring them and that's what the empire does we don't know how long they were on pre-more one or whatever but more lana one we don't know how long at all that was in there you're right it's the gorman shipping lanes yeah so it's all connected and dude this also leads into a point this could be a segue i don't know the next topic you have in your list thomas but uh it's easier to find hide behind 40 incidents or 40 mm-hmm. maskers whatever the word is used by uh that one guy in the crew in their rebel group than just one and yeah i don't know that's a topic for later once once we get to that yes so my next topic was the isb nice. one scene uh we see Lieutenant Mira is onto the rebels. Deidre Miro. Deidre. Yes. Thank you. 
she's on to the rebels and they mention it. I only have this in here because of the name drops that we got. There's a Hosnian Prime mentioned that the only thing there is the Navy. They never, ever report any incidences that are of stolen equipment or anything like that. They have to keep up their looks and shit. List of stolen items in the places. Uh, this is the exact quote. Kessel, Condor, targeting consoles from Jakku, Proton Warheads from Base K, and the Steerguard Star Path. Those are all the little things spread out so far away that she has evidence of gone missing. Or from the location, at least. Then she it mentions, you know, like, oh, but I'm not sure. And she he's like, yeah, but you know one thing. And he's like, she's like, yes, I'm sure of one thing. If I was going to do it, this is how I would. Oh, and it's like, <laughs> good line. One of those pieces of dialogue that is like, this is like, just like, so not Star Wars to me. Like, these just like, not zingers, but just like punchy dialogue like that. Mm. Absolutely. It, it, as, soon as, as, soon, as soon as she said that, all I could think was, that's what Thrawn does. He looks at the most logical way to pull a job and then reverse engineers that to find the plan. And it's brilliant. And she's doing that. She's going to either excel or be killed. And I think, here's, here's another prediction, Deidre Miro and Cyril Karn are going to become friends. I that I think so too. I was oh, gonna yeah. mention they're that. going yeah. to they're kill going to some both people. realize that they can benefit from knowing one another and like their mm -hmm. skill sets I think work perfectly. I, yeah I don't have much to add to this besides the fact another prediction. I think next week it's gonna be a thing of they start putting the pieces together about this greater rebellion and they figure it out just as this mission is happening and they steal the quarterly payroll from the Empire. And that's going to be the final key of like, this something else is here. It's going to be able to prove it to her other officers or whatever. And that's going to be the thing that really sends her off her path of like, mm. the thing I'm chasing it. Screw everybody who says no. I'm I'm getting these guys. And Andor is going to be caught on some kind of hollow. And that's what's going to bring in Cyril. Nice. Has Look any, at us writing anyone... the show. It'll be like if anyone has information on this uh, this citizen, and then Cyril Karn will see it and be like, "I know that man." Yeah. Uh, oh, he is not from Ferrix. <laughs> Speaking of that dude, let's jump to Aldani. We this is where most of the plot takes place this episode, which I love because last week it was where the least amount of the plot took place, as we set up the other characters and the situations. This week we're going through with the plan. So Skeen and Andor goes back and forth after Skeen takes Andor's weapons to check them. We get a little bit of information and a little bit of discussion there about the tattoos that Skeen has on his body, one of which is the crate head there over his heart. Crate head obviously references the crate dragon that we know of Mandor, Mandor, Mando's season two. But what we do not know is, is that some type of military outfit it really seems like that could be what that is then the one on his forearm is you know quote unquote by the hand is what andor says so let's jump back to the high republic the path of deceit like i said earlier it contains a cult group known as the path of the hand the path deviates into the nihil terminology through their leader as the path 
ride the storm, use the paths. But the hand could have branched out into a force religion. And we know that there are many force religions in Star Wars. So the hand and by the hand could be, you know, by the gods type of thing. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of the symbologies of of the path of the hand crew is, you know, three lines, like I mentioned earlier, that look like waves. And then I'm pretty sure a hand symbol is also used. I will update more next week if I have finished this book because I'm only on chapter five. It came out yesterday, um, but it's really good. And it's not it's it's crazy because today is when they I got to the part where they start talking about the path of the hand and uh, how the hands are always open. The hands are there to guide you, to pull you in and help you. And all I could think was, hmm, interesting. But let's move on. Uh, Nimic is going to be a politician. He's just a politician waiting to happen. He's writing a manifesto, much like Paul Revere or James Edison or Steve the Pirate. Uh, the team doesn't know how to pilot one of the ships. And Andor, uh, Andor they give Andor his Imperial cover and they practice walking. Then we find out that Lieutenant Gorn loved a local woman, lost his promotion because of it, lost the woman, and then lost his taste for the Empire, and that everyone has their own rebellion. What a line. What a fucking line. We get to the point, they, they make their trek, they have their fight, Skeen steals the Sky Kyber off of Andor's body, which pissed off everybody. And then we get to their location, uh, because Andor, again, I didn't mention this. I don't have it in the notes. Andor tells them that he's a mercenary. He's only there for the money. He was brought in to be paid. And he wants everyone to know that's why he's there. But he's there to do the job and survive because he doesn't want to go in having to look over his shoulder for someone to kill him. Skeen eventually tells Andor about his brother, which is he had a farm. They cut down all of his trees. And that's where the axe forgets what the tree remembers came from. And Terramin is now in charge of the entire operation. Vel and my favorite of the group, Senta, are off, off to do their part of the mission. That is all of Aldani. Um, and I very much am excited to hear the rest of you two beautiful faces. Use your beautiful voices to tell the crowd of thousands what you think. Jack Jack. Maybe even millions. Uh, my favorite part of all that, Thomas, was when you said James Edison, uh, not <laughs> not James Madison, uh, or the or, Federal or State Thomas Edison or Alexander or Thomas yeah. Edison, Alexander Hamilton. But yeah, oh my God, Nemec is my guy. When he started going off on that on those like philosophical, ideological like thoughts and writing this manifesto, like, like I'm a political science minor. I love that stuff. I love those discussions specifically. I would never want to get into politics personally, but like, I love talking about it having conversations with people. I think it's very lost in our politics today. And it's part of the reason why we have so many issues and so much, uh, what was it? Was it partisanship? Is that the word? Yes. Um, thank you. Uh, but like, God, when he was talking about all that and I wish, I wish I had the quote in front of me. I mentioned it earlier, but like it's easier to hide behind 40 incidents. It's so true because 40 incidents for the empire to hide behind that's easier because it divides up your crowd. Like it divides up uh, 
the galaxy because they're all focusing on different things. Well, we really care about this. Well, we really care about that. Oh, well, what about this? And it, it, I mean, it creates divisions where eventually we're going to see what they, what the rebellion needs, what these people need, what these groups need is a leader and something to unite around a common cause and a, a common purpose. And you're kind of seeing it with this group as they start melding together. Um, and by the way, Skeen's brother, not only did they cut down the guy's trees, they were like, I don't know if they were forcing him off his farm, but it got to yeah. a point where the guy put rocks in his pockets and killed himself. Skeen's brother. And it's like, yeah. holy shit. And this is exactly what Tony Gilroy was talking about um, in interviews before the show came out of like, this show is about real people dealing with the empire. Like not, not this like greater rebellion or the force or lights. Like it's just real people and what the empire does and what a fascist regime will do because they feel like they own everything. And to, to, to them, you're nothing. And you see the weight of that. And it's like you said, Thomas, everyone has their own rebellion. Every, everyone has their own purpose. And it's about combining those purposes into one thing to fight together. And that's why Andor finally kind of like breaks down his wall of revealing, hey, I'm a mercenary. But like, I want us to survive. I want us to to live, to get out of this thing, to accomplish the mission. Um, because I think deep down, he doesn't say it, but like he's starting to care about these people. And also another great line when he tells Skeen, it's like he's he's almost he's so scared. He's trying to find a reason to not go through with this mission. Like that's what's happening. And and they're like, well, are you not afraid? It's like, of course I'm afraid. But like I'm here to do the job. It's just, God, the character dynamics, like this aspect of the show is was my favorite part of the episode and might be just like my favorite part of the, sh the, the series as a whole so far. Um, there was so much to love and caring about these characters now um understanding where they come from and who's the lieutenant who's part of the empire what's his name gorn yeah gorn yes. yeah loved a local woman lost a promotion lost a woman like lost a taste for the empire like that is so interesting and that's all we need to know we don't need i to really like seeing him more. i really like seeing him like on the other side like him walking around the because you see him around the camp or whatever every once in a while but then you see him out on the job and like Oh, we're yeah. gonna have we're gonna have people through here, so make sure you're at your post tomorrow. Hey, sir, can and... we not work on that day? Yeah, <laughs> we want the day off. Yeah, well, there's what's he say? Like coming to this planet isn't a favorable post, but we come. The one thing we want to see is this, essentially. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so yeah, I do like seeing him on the job and seeing that imperial mole side of it. Whereas a lot of times in in at least Star Wars, like there's been moles before. Like I mean, what's his name from the sequel trilogy? Um, oh, but Hux. I was going to say, Agent there Cows, we go. But yeah. um, but, uh, this is fun to see like the other side of the mole actually being a mole. Right. Okay. And like, you can tell like he, his personality still fits the empire. Like even when he oh, comes totally. to the camp in the yeah. previous episode, like he's, he hates dealing with these, these guys like this, like ragtag group because he's not used to ragtagness and he wants to make sure it's everyone's on top of everything. So like, it's funny how he still fits within the empire, like on paper and just by his personality and the way he handles things. But it's just, he lost a taste for the empire and lost, just lost a taste for what they stand for. Yeah. It's he's awesome. Underrated part of this episode. Also only like two scenes, but you get so much about him. Yes. You get so much about him when he's off screen. So God, yeah. this show's great guys. I, yeah, I figured I felt we got more of, of Gorn than we did off screen than we did on screen. But what we saw on screen was him just him being tense, him still being in charge. And I love the uh, the painting thing. It's like he baited them in. You know, the whole point is to have a minimum amount of crew down there yeah. in that section. And he 
basically baited them into that sector. Oh, would you rather paint it tomorrow? So I think it would be terrible for morale if we did not. You know, we I know not everyone can be up there. Yeah. Fine, we'll have a minimal crew. Where's it's all? It's all a big play today. for him, right? It's all like yeah. it's like it's that it's that um reverse psychology. Like it's yeah. it's telling Walks them what they want to hear. Walks away with a smirk, and I'm like, you sneaky devil, you, <laughs> you imperial swath. Uh. Absolute client. Have you talked about this episode yet? Oh, uh, I well, not like this particular this, section, I mean. this whole section. I, I do, as everyone has said, like I'll reiterate the the interplay between these different personalities and characters. I really like. I really am falling in love with a lot of these characters. I love Nim like Nemic. I think that Nemic is awesome. I love his little hat. Um, and just the little <laughs> moments that we get with everyone, whether it's the TIE fighter coming by and giving them like the, the flyover really close and them having to cover up all the guns. Um, a small moment that I do really like about this, um, these characters and this camp, I like that everyone kind of gets a moment to shine in here. And when I mean shine, I mean like everyone gets a moment to kind of prove that they're valuable, whether it's Nemec showing and or mm. like this piece of technology that's like oh like no one knows how to use that and 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 Nemec going well once you mastered it like it's it's the best because it can't be traced and this and that um and then you have Andor's moment where they're talking about trying to like basically the reason why he's there uh by flying out and they're talking about how he's like is it on a track and they're like yeah it's on a track and he's like wait you guys don't know how to launch it you know how to you're fine flying it you just don't know how to get it in the air um and like i love those little interplays and then of course like just the, the the big conflict here um with where you do have the moment where andor gets a knife to his neck and you get the the pulling of the kyber crystal and it's like what who would what's he say who'd bring a treasure to a heist or something like that yeah. like like i love that like that line but it's so true it's like like wait why are you here why are you here if you're gonna have thirty thousand credits wrapped around your neck at all times like um, I do really like that, and uh, it reminds me a lot of the some of, like the best like I love heist stories. I love the Ocean's Elevens of the world, where it's like we need this guy, we need that guy because they're specialized in this, and we need the hacker and the navigator and this and this and this. And we're getting bits of that here, but it is not near as fun as George Clooney and Matt Damon robbing the <laughs> Las Vegas casino, of course. Um, but it, it is still there, and Brad Pitt, he is there as well. Um, but like it is, there's still pieces of it. There's still elements that I do really like. I can, I can see with this part of the show, particularly, I can totally see where this was once a month, a much more fun show. Like they have talked about where it was going to be a lot more fun about a lot more rollicking before. And then Gilroy came in and totally changed it. Um, and these are, there's pieces of it here where I'm like, okay, this could have been like a heist show, but it, it is not that. One point about that TIE fighter, like, guys, we've seen TIE fighters. Yes. Well, we've seen TIE fighters so many times. There is one TIE fighter. We've seen these things get blown out of the sky like nothing. And it's one TIE of it flying by. Oh, my God. I'm scared of it now. And the way they use the sound, particularly of, like, Mm. the sound of it on the ground and Mm. while it's flying and wisping across the water. Like, yeah, it's scary as shit. And it's one TIE fighter something we have seen a gazillion times and have gotten so used to, but they're, they're finding new ways or new perspectives to present these things to the audience. And I think that's why I love, like, like even this, the, the group gelling together and getting to know more about them, like even that's being told in a different way than I'm like used to um, them, like bonding over trauma, but in a very, like they're always suspicious of each other. 
it's that's another aspect of this show where it's like it's giving me things that I've gotten before, but in a new light, and I love it all the more for it. Sorry, I was looking up names of characters. <laughs> like Thomas, <laughs> what you doing over there, buddy? I was doing Think my about fantasy research. football. What trade can I make today? Can I get Perrin Firtha traded? Oh and God. can I get Sly Moore added to my oh, my team? Um, she's going to cut off so many shipping lanes that like she she's needed. She's need, I need Sly Moore and Mon Mothma at this point. I can't have Perrin Firtha. He's a bitch. Um, I loved everything we got with the Aldani section of this. I mean, there's full on, I mean, there's borderline mutiny. They are ready to throw yep. Vel oh, yeah. off the hills. Yeah. Man, just run to the hills? No, fall through the hills. That's what they want to do. Everyone's like, wait a minute. You knew this? It was either take him or shut down the operation. We should have been told days ago. And then it's just like, Cinta? No, she didn't tell me. And I'm like, Ooh. you know, it's mentioned that Cinta is probably the most badass of them all by skiing. And then he just makes the classic. She shared a, she shared a, what was it? She shared a blanket before, if that's what you're wondering. And it's like, wow, such a uh, fuckboy thing to say, dude. I like, know. Old skiing over here being a skeevy skeener. Uh, but, you know, the, the tension between all of these characters and Andrew specifically it pays off what was said last week, you know, of this will tear the team apart. And I love, I love it. We're actually seeing it. And the, you know, like you said, Jack, there's the difference between being afraid and losing your nerve. And he's like the day before there's so much time to sit there and wait that. Yeah. That's all you have time to do is think about that. And it, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that day before a mission. And I cannot, now, now that's all I'm doing. I'm just sitting and waiting in fear. Who's going to die? Will Nimic die? Please don't let Senta die. She's my favorite of the whole crew. Don't let her die. I love her. Save her of everybody. Please. I want to see her kick somebody's ass in hand-to-hand -hand combat. That's it. That's all I want. No big deal. Nothing too much. Just some straight-up lady violence. Uh, I'm so very, very amped. I don't even have that much of a prediction. Honestly, the thing I'm most excited for now, the most thing I'm most excited for now is 100% to see the eye, the event. Yes, same. I, can't wait to see what I, think, it's, I think it's going to be beautiful. I think that the eye is kind of what we've, I think we've already seen it. Ooh. I think that it's, I think that the eye is going to be, um, you know, the little intro we get with like the Andor title sequence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's like I think that's what's happening there. Okay, interesting. We'll see. So I think visually on the planet, I think it, 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 it's going yeah. to look very cool, but it's going to be like a big eclipse almost. You, Andor's looking up in the sky, and all of a sudden he sees a rebel symbol with his name, Andor. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, happening? I can see through the O. That's weird. <laughs> I I think. Um, I get the image of I'm trying to figure out what it is from. It's from a movie. It might be from a Thor, but like all of a sudden the skyline just shifts on you and then looks like it's spinning. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah, I was about to say that is what I'm envisioning is Moon That's Knight. Cool. I don't know. Um, I'm glad I got it. 
that's the only thing I can expect because then it would look like an eye in the sky, right? That's mine. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. It is the Andor symbol. It's just really coding <laughs> up. I'm like, it's the eye. It's the eye. What is that sign? The rebellion. It's the eye of the rebellion. I, I don't know if everyone else has other predictions. I've made a few throughout this episode. Um, okay. One question I have for you guys, though. Ooh. What are, oh God, I can't remember their names. What are Cinta and then the blonde haired uh, woman from the group? What are they going Vel. off to do? Vel, thank you. What are they going off to do? Because they've, they've made note of that very specifically and said, like, what are they going to do? It's like, well, don't worry about it. It's like, well, screw y'all. What, what are they going to go do? Like, I want to know. So it's like, I've seen them in a tra- Andor trailer. I think I've seen the whole group like dressed as Imperials. So obviously they're going to see them again. But I just, I wonder what their purpose is for going off separately. I have no idea. Um, huh. I mean, that doesn't make for very interesting podcasting. Well, uh, it's okay. I have, I have I'm posing the question to the, to the listeners I have, as well. I have no idea. The only thing I could think of, and this just kind of popped in my head as you were saying it, is I wonder if there's an imperial mole amongst the group and i wonder if maybe there's more than one could they be colluding mm. like could mm. this whole oh, mission no don't make me go, sad could this whole mission like not go awry but like be i don't know premeditated from yeah. an imperial standpoint too that would suck. um yeah. So that's the only thing that came hey. to mind. I can't see how those two characters in particularly in particular would be moles if they were the ones to to I don't know, they don't strike me as narcs, but you never know. Yeah. I'm going to carry that on. Um there's been, I've seen chatter online of there being a mole in the empire and a mole inside the team. Uh, and it seems like the mole in the empire is not exactly on that planet. It's not on Aldani. It's another type of mole inside the empire leaking information out potentially to the rebels. And that might be what ISB member Lieutenant Miro is doing is, you know, chasing down whoever is leaking that info so people can steal stuff. But I like the idea that there's there's someone on this team who is dirty and i'm i'm wondering honestly i can't believe i'm saying it skeen feels like the guy right doesn't he out of everybody he seems he's the one who's been hot on andor this whole time he's the one he is over pushed and this is this is like at the end i don't know if you guys have ever played werewolf or whatever like this is like at the end of a game of werewolf where you're trying to decide who the werewolf is and the person who's the werewolf is always like, like, like pointing fingers. Like, it's like, oh, it's that Andrew one. Garfield. Like, that's the guy. Yeah. Um, and so that's like, that's the vibe I'm getting here is it's, it is, yeah. If you, if, if there were a mole, like he could definitely be a good candidate because he is the one who's think... making the accusations. He's the one who's like, no one else yeah, is making accusations. It, dealt it. Exactly. He's the one pointing fingers going, oh, I like, it's definitely like that guy is, can't be trusted. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about the idea of there being a mole as part of this. Um, but honestly, I feel like if there is one, I think it'd be Terraman if I had, okay. if I had to put money on it. Just because guy in charge. I feel like with Skeen, we've gotten too much backstory as to why he doesn't like the Empire with his brother. Um, okay. But it could be it could be that but. he's so scared that that's why he would sell him out. But yeah, I don't know. But I, the, the well. only thing I was thinking of is the fact that 
them going off to do something else. I feel like at some point we're going to be with Andor, Nemix, Skeen, and Terraman. They're going to be doing something, and it's going to be really tense, and they're like, oh, my God, it's not working. And then all of a sudden, this would be very predictable, but then all of a sudden it's Vel and Cinta who, like, were off doing something else to, like, help that situation out and, like, save their asses. Um, I just feel like it's setting up for something like that. But it could be something bigger at play, which is why I asked, and I'm glad I did because this whole mole possibility uh, threw me off. Yeah, I I love that because um, you're right. It, maybe it, it is Terraman because he's he's the one you'd least expect at this point. <gasps> or is it oh, Nimic? Is it Nimic? Bro, oh, no, don't do that <laughs> to me. No, he's no. adorable. I know he is, but like, think about it. He could really be. He could be the one. He's but got the manifesto. It, but what about Terraman? Just because. Maybe he was purposely making sure that the left-handed person was on the wrong side. And then Andrew right. is the one who comes and screws that up. You're and right. it's just, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought about that. I want you to understand that I'm in charge. I'll do what I need to do. You're right. Oh, there's so many options. Everyone's <laughs> the mole. You can't trust anybody. Don't be Cinta for fuck's sake. I love her. Um <laughs> We are going to take a brief ad break, and on the other side, we're going to jump into our Rebel Arcade, the three directors we want to see in Star Wars. No affiliation with Star Wars yet. Hi, I'm Leah. And I'm Bethann. And we're She Will Rock You. She Will Rock You is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history. Each episode, we talk about an artist in their lives, but we do it a little differently. You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't don't do drugs! And we are back. Thank you so much for waiting through that very long 60-second ad break. We love you. We're here now in the Rebel Arcade. Jack-Jack. Yes. You introduced this topic, so introduce the game to our beautiful, luscious audience. Well, I introduced the idea of doing some sort of game after our Andor review, just because we've been reviewing a lot of stuff. We did the whole Skywalker Saga rewatch and all that. I was like, man, I feel like we got to do a game of sorts. And actually, it was Klein who came up with this idea of picking directors who have not been affiliated with Star Wars yet. And just because, actually, Klein, if you want to explain why you chose that, feel free. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it might be fun to kind of make a wish list here because, like, Tony Gilroy isn't exactly a name that I would have, like, thought would make a good star wars project like this is the born legacy guy um like he's he's been involved in the born movies and that sort of thing before but when they pitched it initially being as this like cold war thriller which is kind of what we've gotten i was like oh yeah that could work perfectly so i thought you know what it might be fun to just kind of like finish off an episode and like throw we don't even have to have super deep conversations on each of them just kind of like throw out a couple directors each of like who we think could have the Tony Gilroy Star Wars moment. Like who could be next? Who do we think would be an awesome pick for something in the Star Wars world, in the Star Wars canon? So I don't know. How do we want to do this? Do we just kind of want to go one by one and throw yeah. out? I think we each have three and we'll talk yeah. about them and then yeah. we can round out the episode. K 
can I go first? Yeah, Please, sure, Thomas. Thomas. Go right ahead. Throw out that Zack Snyder Star Wars universe. Like that's just for give you, it. Klein. That's huh, for you. Dude, I'm looking over. There will be no at... mention of Zack Snyder from me today. I, I me neither. I thank God because uh, he's already making his own Star Wars. It's that's so, the reason why. I I have a list of directors and stuff, but I look over here and I see Band of Brothers sitting on my show stop it oh, you wow. are not about to say oh, what you're about no. to say this I am about what i thought about no. i'm about to say Thomas. tom hanks and wow. steven spielberg producing and putting together a war series set inside star wars because that's what i want the most that's what i want the most and I don't give a shit who directs it because just like tony gilroy has multiple directors in this series yeah that's what we want. I want the war stories. I want the in the dirt, the on the grounds, the the I don't know what I'm doing. You know, basically think of the final episode of Mando Mando season two. They're out there. They're just doing stuff. And then all of a sudden, Luke Skywalker shows up and it changes the fucking game entirely. You mix that in with a little bit of Rogue One and a little bit of Andor and you up it a little bit more. You up it with 12 to 15 percent more serious and stakes dude i was I gonna mean, say we've a lot seen... a bit more uh rogue one yeah. because like like a lot of it yeah yeah like there's yeah. a lot of like saving private ryan epic scale war moments in mm-hmm. rogue one but yeah i see where you're yeah. going and and then you know the the other scene that i really think of that's just it feels like it's band of brothers is from solo when he's they're literally out there it's starship troopers oh yeah they're just like dying in the mud what's our objective Run up that hill and take it from the enemy. Okay, but what are we getting? Just do your job. Like, there's a whole empire side of that that could be told and a whole rebellion side of that that could also be told. That's what I want. That's what I'm here for. That's dope. I like that. I like that. Jack, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. I'm really excited about this one. That was a really good one, Thomas. I thought about Spielberg. I've got one for you, Jack, specifically, and I'm very excited for you to hear it. I'm excited for you guys to hear mine here. My first pick is James Mangold, who nice. directed Logan, yep. who is a, directing Indiana Jones 5. Yep, yeah, um, he is. Let's he go. He directed Ford vs. Ferrari. He, he can do a one. lot of different things. Um, there's another one that he did I can't think of right now, but he's done a lot of different things. Indiana I remember, Jones 5. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what I just said. Didn't he also it's... do The Wolverine? I'm pretty sure he yes, did. Yes, he did. That might yeah. be what I'm which, thinking about. Which yeah. is like three quarters of an amazing movie yes very underrated it does fall apart a little at the end but it's a, it's a good movie oh, dude, um you, you don't want to you don't want to watch hugh jackman fight samurai wolverine like it's that not not you it's, it's not just samurai wolverine it's the mecha it's the samurai whole, wolverine yes yeah. there you go, there we go. <laughs> um, gundam wolverine. i think he could be per- like i remember his name being attached i think to like a boba fett movie back yes. in the, like not yeah, that there was rumors ago. that he was gonna do what would turn into book of boba fett when it was a movie yeah so like probably before they realized that they could bring Boba into Mando is when he was like attached to probably like doing something or writing it. But like he's done like, I mean, just think about what I listed off. So like the Wolverine, but even that's so different from Logan. And then you have Ford versus Ferrari, which is like a completely different thing. Great movie. Fantastic. I can't get enough. That's one of those ones that I could just rewatch over and over. Um, and then Indiana Jones five, like jury's still out, but. Like, Dude, come that, on! Yeah, like, I think it's gonna—it's gonna be so. Good. I think it's gonna be amazing, and it's so, like I, just be like, this is definitely one of those picks where I just say, look at the resume. Mm-hmm. Come on! Like mm-hmm. already working with Kathy Kennedy uh, and mm-hmm. Lucasfilm for Indiana Jones Five, 
you know, Ford vs. Ferrari is Oscar worthy. I think it was nominated for Best Picture and other things as well. Logan, to me, was Oscar worthy. And even if it, it, I mean, it did get nominated for Adapted Screenplay, but like that movie is just, it, it's, I think it's my second favorite comic book movie of all time. And it's, it's one of the best movies in the last, I think, last 10 years. Um, so James Mangold, get him in Star Wars. Let him do whatever he wants. If he doesn't want to do lightsabers yeah, in the force, so diverse, give him a kind right? of like Book of Fett, Bounty Hunter type thing. Or if Skeleton he wants to do crew. that stuff, go for it. Yes. So like, whatever he wants, just be like, hey, what what, what are some of your a ideas? pod racing Ford versus Ferrari. <gasps> like, Holy don't fucking say, shit. Don't tell Matt yes. Ramsey. Oh my God, guys, guys. I'm going to message that to Matt right now. <laughs> I was about to say I'm going to do that. <laughs> While you do that, Jack, I'm going to throw one out here. And this one is specifically speaking towards Jack, Jack Pugh. Okay, well, and it's listen. funny. I'm actually going to pick a name that is closely tied to somebody who very divisive amongst the Star Wars fandom. That name being Ryan Johnson. This man hired Ryan Johnson for something way back in the day. I want a Vince Gilligan Star Wars spice Holy running TV shit. show. Breaking Bad in space, like basically what Tony Gilroy is doing right now, but give it make me give me spice running, and yeah, I want the Breaking Bad team to make a spice running Star Wars show. A damn, I'm gonna carry on from that. Yes, absolutely. We need that. That's how you can bring in some Han Solo. See, so so here's the thing. Here's my pitch: is like the way that all the characters, the way I see it, is like give me. I don't know the interesting story aspects of some of the solo stuff. Like, you know how I feel about that movie. I'm not a big fan, but like, like I think that something like this in that world, in that criminal underworld area of the star Wars universe could be very, very cool. Um, And Vince Gilligan, I mean, like it's, he's the, he's the man, he's the guy. (laughs) I Klein, that did speak to me. My mind was just moving all over the place. That. <laughs> Think about it. You guys know there is a, a director from Better Call Saul who is who has directed um, Star Wars recently. Well, Ryan Johnson directed. Well, yeah, I like, know two there's of the Ryan best Breaking Johnson. Bad episodes ever. <laughs> so there's that, but then there's also one other director who's been part of Star Wars recently from Better Call Saul. Does anyone want to take a guess? I will say it's from one of the Mandoverse directors. Not Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. Really? He's directed Better Call Saul episodes. I don't know how many. I need to watch Better Call Saul. It's good, man. I, I, I still I need to watch the, the last season, but uh I will I will say I I don't know how many episodes she did, but I remember seeing her name. I was like, whoa, really? Um, and I think that's what she did just before she got into like Mando stuff. Cool. So um, I mean the connections are there for Vince to come on in and be like, hey yeah, man, yeah. another yeah. guy where it's like you just say what do you want to do? I mean, you would yeah, do whatever, like, right? Like basically oh, the visions God. formula, like give it to him and be like, here is tw- like, you have 12 episodes to tell whatever story you want. Love it. I love Great. it. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I'm up next. Yeah. Yes. Well, I guess we're back around. Yeah. I am. I'm, I have, I have two names on my list that I'm like, yeah, I need those, but I can't figure out the project for one. So I'm going to have to go to my, my, my ringer here, Christopher Nolan. Oh, I was going to jokingly say Christopher Nolan. (laughs) I want Christopher Nolan to do a world between worlds. Oh my God. Story. I did it. it. Yeah. Of course I fucking did it. Come on guys. It's It's me, dude. It's, it's not called tenant. I want it to, 
somehow traipse across multiple generations of Star Wars while, while also staying as grounded as you can. I just want it to be good. And if I get a World Between Worlds movie and it's got to be good, I'm going to the guy. I'm going to Christopher Nolan, the guy who fucks around with time as a construct of plot device with Tenet or Inception even plays with the dilations of time. Then you have Memento and the Prestige. Like there's, if Prestige there's got to be- doesn't get guy, talked enough about enough, man. Oh my Prestige. God. Thank so you. Might be his favorite movie, so my good. favorite movie from him. Really? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's the Prestige and Inception for me. Like those are right there because they just have such unique concepts yeah. that you're diving into. Like you fucking The Prestige is probably yeah, the so coolest- use of a title for a movie like maybe ever yeah uh like just the that whole yeah that's that's a good movie man christopher, christopher nolan. nolan still haven't seen tenet yet it's I don't good know if i will i what maybe one I, day i gotta be in i movie. highly re- david and i both recommend this movie okay all right i'll check it out good i'm a big dunkirk <laughs> fan too i do like dunkirk I I think I finished that movie. I definitely started it. Uh, Harry Styles, first Harry movie. Styles. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, darling. Go and see. It always always <laughs> goes back oh. to Harry Styles. Have I been on this podcast since since I saw it? I don't, I don't think, think so. I guess so. that's my recommendation. Spoiler alert. No, don't. don't uh, Jack, you're up next. I am up next. Um, don't take what I'm gonna say because I, I know it's in your head. I don't know. If don't you do. do it. I'm between two people on this one. Um, and I know it's like, well, Jack, just make the other person you're thinking about the third choice. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that because I want to be a little bit more diverse with the type of person I want. All right, I've decided. I'll go with the safer choice, Ryan Coogler. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an easy yeah. one. Well, yeah. I know. That's why it's a safer choice. Um, Would he do it? I think he might be. I, I don't know. I think that. Well, I don't, oh, not after Wakanda. I think you got to give him a break. I think a little from the superhero stuff. Like I know he's producing some. Uh, uh, but he's like, like a, a prestige. Show. He's like a prestige filmmaker. Like he is like he he is a prestige filmmaker who has wanted to do bigger things in the Marvel universe, and and that's like what he's been able to do with the Black Panther mm-hmm. stuff. But like, I guess he's doing Creed, and that's like pretty franchisey too. Um, but like, this is like like he came up doing like, what's the. Oh the man, the Michael B. Jordan, the San Francisco. Yes. Oh like, my God, I love that yes. movie. Yes. Uh, train to San Francisco. Uh, no. 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 Um, what's the guy's name? Ryan Coogler. Michael B. Jordan. It's about yeah. the shooting it, of the teenager at the San Francisco Fruitvale Station. Station. Fruitvale Station. Fruitvale there we go. Station. And like, I envisioned his career going way more into like that, like way more like yeah, maybe Barry Jenkins sort of area, like like more like towards like the moonlight saddest things that can, rather than like black panther can i um can but, i say something klein real yeah. quick just since you mentioned it barry jenkins was the other guy i was between between him oh, and ryan coogler really? because i like i think part of it was because ryan coogler is doing the mcu stuff and i was yeah. like i think barry, you know barry jenkins who is could, doing the mufasa transition right, right yeah and so it's like now he's in the door with Disney. I feel like Barry Jenkins could then lend himself to like, you know, he likes to do that, like the more art, artsy Very stuff. Very artsy, yeah. Yes. Which but has me I excited for Mufasa. Fit. I'll say that it, movie. Yeah, like, I, th- 
I, I think th- I'm excited too. Yeah. That's what they should have done in the first place. The Lion King remake, sorry, John Favreau, should have never happened. It's great for the technology, which is going to be great for the Mufasa movie. But there was no point to that Lion King remake. Um, but so I, I don't know. I might be cheating. Except Barry Jenkins an, and Ryan Coogler. insane cast. <laughs> the one reason I want Ryan Coogler, the thing that pushed me towards him, is because of the world building he created with mm-hmm. Black Panther and Wakanda specifically. He knows how to create a world. And I think we're going to get it in Wakanda forever with the political angle of like that recent trailer where Angela Bassett saying, I, I know what you guys are whispering. Their protector is gone. It's now is the time to strike. And I just, I love that there's always a political side to Star Wars, no matter what it is. You know, how do wars get started? Political reasons most of the time. So I feel like he could do that angle. He could create a fascinating world, bring all of the production designers, all of the costume designers from the Black Panther series, um, or the, those two movies, bring them into Star Wars, get crazy with it get it wacky with it but because they just know how to make that work and i think that could you know give me different cultures in star wars like there's just so much i feel like he could dive into specifically that he already has experience with would he do it right now i don't think so um but yeah and so shout out barry jenkins as well i don't know if anyone else was going to take him but no uh, i think he was worth mentioning for sure now i have a name for my second one here that is uh has been on the tip of our tongues a lot in the last six months. Um, and there's a particular movie that may be on the shelf that he would be perfect for because he's literally made this movie already. Um, I'm saying Joseph Kaczynski, just give him I Rogue knew Squ- you would do give, it. <laughs> just give him Rogue Squadron, like just make Top Gun in space. I knew you were gonna do that. I saw I was singing the names, I looked up just like up and coming directors. Yeah. And I saw him like, oh, Klein's gonna take that. I don't even have to yeah. mention it. I, it's so I, true though. It's such a it's, it's such a it it's too good to be true. Like it is too good mm. to actually happen. Um, but like he would it like that's all that's all I'm saying. Like just give me Top Gun, but make it X Wings, and I I am there. <laughs> I yeah, I don't like you could even have Tom Cruise in it. Like I don't care. Honestly, like, I would like to see him go be. I think that would be sick and so cool. But I'd like to see him go beyond that and take the next step because visually, and I get it because I mean it was in a lot of ways very real. But like visually, uh, Top Gun Maverick is so appealing and yeah. so like you just feel every little. Oh, you're bit, there. Every like you're, you're yeah, movie. you're in the cockpit, right? Give give that like let's create some different way like I, I was talking about with andor of like it's it's giving me things i'm familiar with but in a new light do that with like lightsaber fights give give that to me with force fights like just i don't know if it's the angles or the sound or just the way you shoot it but like i i, I could use some reinventiveness especially after the sequel trilogy with uh force related things as well so yeah you know if he does do top gun in space and they want to reinvent the way, you know, they could they could make it a, feel a little bit different, right? You know, right. in space, they say there's no, like, Gs, but when your ship moves and you're inside of it, you're going to fly back when you hit, you know. And you, especially if you have gravitational shit in your Artificial ship, gravity, which most yeah. of them do. Artificial gravity, thank you. They could set a, you know, if you want to get that same feeling that we got in Top Gun Maverick inside Star Wars, you've got the volume. You've got Mm. X-Wings modeled. You've got X-Wings people can go inside. And they make rigs that you could put on there and you can tilt it. You could literally do everything on a stage, on the volume, in space, 
with those camera angles and get everything you wanted to in a Rogue One, Rogue Rogue Squadron movie. Can I take this a step further? Top Gun Fuck Maverick yeah. in space plus the movie Gravity. Give me all of that in Star Wars uh, directed by Joseph cool. Kaczynski. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Enough I said. like that. Yeah. Because they did a I lot turn. of they did yeah. a lot of like yeah. G, zero G stuff. Yeah, and space. Yeah. Just like yeah. the, like talk about like the way they shot. I know it's not because yeah. that was I think Quran, but yeah, uh, yeah, Alfonso, um, Thomas. Alfonso. Yeah, your final one, and then we'll final pick. Get out of here. I can go with some ramen. Yeah, I I was trying to I was rifling through a bunch of names. You know, I'm just gonna don't take mine. Off. Denny Villeneuve, Jordan Peele. You already took James Mangle. That's great. Joel Cohen, Catherine Bigelow, Chloe Zhao. The Duffer Brothers was another one. That, that I was, was one I about. thought about, yeah. And I I've think been, that I've you are like, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a time frame. Like, I, I think that that's going to happen. I think that that yeah. feels way too. I mean, now it's different with because Netflix has like kind of bought the Locked next 20 in. years of their life yeah um but like i just feel like a duffer brothers star wars project like makes a lot of sense i have another name i want to add to this but i want to wait till thomas has this pick before, yeah because i yeah, don't want to yeah, spoil yeah. it thank you uh because i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do with the duffer brothers and i just struggled because i'm like i want them to do monsters i want them to do supernatural shit in star wars which led me i was going to do duffer brothers produced with Michael Giacano directing specifically. Oh, I've heard no, dude, great he, stuff about where he only does now. black and white 1930s style horror movies. Yeah, I want that in Star Wars. There's so many ways to do that. But you know what I landed on? Whom I landed on? I want a Jedi Sith war movie or series written and directed by Matt fucking Reeves. Oh my God. I want War of the Planet of the Apes, <sighs> dude, in Star Wars. I want the Batman I mean, with lightsaber. I can't say anything against that. I think he's tied up with DC at the moment. But I, like, the, yeah. While I was on the plane, I didn't even watch the whole thing. While I was on the plane coming home the other day, I just turned on like part of the Batman and just like skipped to like a couple scenes. I hadn't watched it since it came out the ears. I was like, man, like what a movie. <laughs> like what a <laughs> this Matt Reeves guy. Same with the Planet of the Apes stuff. Like, oh my god. He's he he understands how to do franchise storytelling so well. Jack, do you want to give us your final director? I do. And I this one I just um I just kind of thought about Kate Heron, uh famously nice. for Loki and directing all of that. Um I think now I don't know anything else from her besides Loki. So it's a little bit more risky, but I think she nailed that show. She nailed the scope of it. Um, they're really like, even I know people complain about the lamentous episode, but I, I mean, talk about character development and there were some ways that was shot that again would make me, a, it makes me a little nervous, but God, the, the, the way they shot the rest of it, like, in those first few episodes, when you're introduced to the TVA again, like it, it was so sci-fi and so weird and so like fantastical and out there. And I, I understand a lot of that does come from uh, Michael Waldron as well, but the way she brought that to life, mm, I, I don't know. Yes. I, I think she, could, you could let her play around with so much in the galaxy far, far away. Um, I was, I was actually trying to think about a potential writer for it, uh, for this potential movie or Michael series, Waldron. whatever it is. Well, oh, it could be Michael Waldron. <laughs> I was, uh, she could be the director for the Kevin Feige one because he's writing, Waldron's writing that one. So maybe that's it. 
Um, I was thinking um, there's a writer, oh, I forget her name. She wrote Birds of Prey and she wrote Bumblebee. Um, two movies I like, I love Bumblebee. Um, and she also wrote Batgirl, which of course is canceled. And I think she was part of writing The Flash. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, Chris, is it Christina, Christina Hodson? Yes. yes. Yes, that's it. Thank you. So I feel like I, I, I just love Bumblebee so much. And specifically the beginning of Bumblebee when you see them on Cy- uh, Cybertron. Is that the name of their planet? Um, oh, yeah. It's just yeah, oh, that Cybertron. whole like seeing that the war. <laughs> it's so cool. So um, I that's don't know. One of those, that's one of those scenes I go back and watch all the time. Oh, yeah. So get Christina Hodson writing, Kate Heron directing a Star Wars series or movie. I'd prefer a movie. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know if Heron has done a movie before. I would just, I assume she has, but, uh, yeah, give me that same like dramatic weight and scope from Loki, but also just the, the characters along with that. I, I think she could be a great fit for star Wars. I like it. Thank you. I like it a lot. Now I'm yeah. going to, for like the last one and, and then we can finish the episode. Uh, I went from Top Gun. I'm going to go to mission impossible. And also The Incredibles, and also my dream Fantastic Four movie director, and also my dream just Marvel movie director, because it's going to happen one of these days. Brad Bird. Give me a a Brad Bird Star Wars movie. Like, I just think that, like, and and this is similar to, um, I forget who, uh, Kugler, I think you were saying with this. Like, I don't care what he does just give him something in this universe. Like just yeah. tell, just say like, give him a one-off, give him a trilogy, whatever. Like just say like, do whatever you want. And we'll obviously have like the, 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 uh, what do you call them? The, the continuity people at Disney will look over everything and make sure everything's up to snuff or whatever. But like, I, like, I just, I just want more Brad bird in my life. This is a man who has given me so many of some, like my favorite movies. I love what he did with mission Impossible. I love Ratatouille. I love the Incredibles. Like he, he is amazing. He is one of my favorite directors and I just want more of him. And it's been a long time since we've gotten anything. And I think something that if he were to do, I think someone like him could be a name that you could go, we are bringing Star Wars back to the big screen. We are going to do another trilogy or whatever. Like that's a name. If you were to say Brad Bird is doing it, I think like that's a big enough name to bring people in uh, other than it just being Star Wars. But um, yeah, so Brad Bird is my final and third. I really like the pick. Um, Did he do Incredibles 2? Did he come back for that? I don't think so. I'm I'm looking. I see he, his name is attached somehow. Oh, Iron Giant. He also did. Yes, which Iron is, Giant. Like the last real big thing that he did was he Tomorrowland. did direct Incredibles too. No, he? he did Incredibles too. Yeah, he directed it. Okay. Well, I was about to say because if that's not the case, and yeah, Tomorrowland was like the last thing I yeah. Know him well, from, Incredibles two kind of is still a while, like a long time ago at this four years. Like, that's crazy. That's wild. That movie like there is more time now between now and Incredibles two than there was between Tomorrowland and Incredibles two. <laughs> what? Tomorrowland not great. In it's okay. That that's like again that's like my only nervousness is like can he translate that animation like what he's done so well there. I, mean, I know Mission Impossible. Go I know Mission Impossible. Impossible. I, have, Protocol, I, I watched it for the first time recently, but again that was. That was a while ago. What was that 2011? 
This is a man who I think that, yes, most of his great stuff has been done in animation, um, whether it's Iron Giant. I, but just at this point, he has so many, he has way more hits than he has misses. Oh, for sure. For sure. It, that, I'm I'm just saying like my one like little like, again, like I did with Give Kate him a Star Heron, Wars like, animated movie, movie then. I don't care. Oh, like, <laughs> that, I, I didn't even think about that. Not a single one of us mentioned an animated thing. That's okay. until right now. Hey, That's dude, okay. maybe maybe Gil maybe Gilligan's uh or Vince. Am I saying Gilligan or Gillian? Is it? It's Gilligan. Vince Gilligan, Gilligan. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Gilligan's is a I don't know Star Wars anime, anime. Drug show. <laughs> anime drug show. That'd be dope. Be it would be Cowboy, dope because Cowboy drugs. Bebop in the Star Wars universe. That'd be sick. Do we have oh. any other honorable mentions that we just want to? I I don't know. The Daniels. <laughs> I was going to say Sean Levy. Sean the Levy Daniels. The oh Daniels God, would be, fine. it'd just be insanity. Like, that's oh, a that thing, just but... sat, that just settled. I just realized what you said. Yeah. That's the world between Oh my God. Fun. I that, yeah. Thomas, the one redo. movie that I've thought about forever <laughs> okay. and, and okay. I wrote about it, the direct, I think I've talked about here, is a Jordan Peele, like, Darth Vader horror movie would be, just, mm. would be I was going to do Jordan Peele. Honestly, the same thing. The only reason I didn't say Jordan Peele is because I feel like he'd fit Star Trek better, uh, especially with just like some he of the would. more like themes. little sci-fi and in, in, yeah, in the themes as well. Yeah. Now, but I say that because I, I that's my pick for a Star Trek movie. Get Jordan Peele to do it. It's funny because like the, basically the idea I had an idea of a movie for a while ago that I wrote about over the direct.com. It's an article about a year old now of me pitching Star Wars directors. Um, it was basically I pitched the skeleton crew, but with Greta Gerwig as the director, which I, like I don't know if she would ever do. It. I mean, she's doing Barbie, <laughs> so maybe yeah. I, she's she's expanding into more well-known IP. But like, I thought like that would be awesome. Give me like a teenage comedy in the Star Wars universe. But I don't know. Let's end this thing. We've been here a while. Yeah. Who who who? Good listener, would you? like to see involved in a star wars project director at this point we dropped in writers and producers as well my the very first pick was definitely not a director at all tweet at us at reckless rebels on twitter r-e-c-k-l-e-s-s-r-e-b-e-l-s gentlemen where can everyone find you on the social medias kleiner I'm at the Kleinfeld everywhere. Also, I uh, host a video game podcast called Controller Club. We took last week off, actually. It's the first week off that we had taken wow. simply because two of us were actually meeting. So uh, the intercontinental <laughs> video game podcast that is Controller Club will be back coming up very soon. So head on over to Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Uh, there's a lot of good evergreen episodes as well that you can go back and listen to. We've got a bit of a catalog building up. So come and say hello. Jack Jack. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pews, P-U-E-S. It's all one word. And you can find me on Twitter at T.C. Rochester Act. That is T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. And Lights Thunder Action, we're, we're, we're coming to an end here shortly. We've got three weeks from time of recording just left. The, just, just the semicolon, you know? This, we're going on an extended hiatus. Let's put it like that. Three weeks, we're going to wrap up She-Hulk over the next two weeks. And starting this week, we're going to have people to talk House of the Dragon with me. Finally, I cannot wait for that. But we are going to end with the season finale of House of the Dragon, uh, our weekly shows, and go to a special event occasion 
for movies and series, etc. It's going to be a fun time. Um, you can check that out at LTA Podcasting on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts. We do live shows, but again, we're there on Twitter for the live shows. This has been an amazing episode. We thank you so much for joining us. Before we get out of here, gentlemen, recommendations for the audience. We'll start with you, Jack-Jack. Yeah, because I already said mine earlier. Don't worry, darling. Um, the reviews are really bad. Uh, are you are... recommending it? Did you I am, enjoy no, it? Oh, genuinely. No, the reviews oh, are bad, okay. but the audience score is actually like decent. I think it's in the 80s or 70s. Like, it's, it's, it's a good like movie. People like looking at Harry's. Is it, it a good movie? Yes, it's a good movie. Here's the problem, Klein. There was so much drama behind it that I think what we eventually got was not worth all that drama and critics were just kind of over it. And I understand that. And don't get me wrong. There are parts of it that are predictable. There are parts of it that aren't that straight up. Just I would, I haven't seen the movie and I would say there are parts of it that are quite unpredictable from the spoilers that have been spoiled for me. And you know what, for me, it was unpredictable, but there are a lot of other people, especially critics saying like, Oh, it's kind of predictable the way it went. But um, yeah, I mean, I recommend going to see it because especially if anything, Go see it for Florence Pugh. She is incredible in this movie. She's a phenomenal actress, as always, in everything she's in. Um, interesting directing, I think, from Olivia Wilde overall. Um, it's just, it's definitely not to the standard of Booksmart. Uh, and Harry Styles, he does a good job. There are like two moments where I'm like, oh, he needs to get a little bit better at acting. But for the most part, I, I think, I, like, I was completely bought in, and he's also in an incredible incredibly beautiful human being especially next to florence Pugh. i think that's it's why you enjoyed unfair. it so much jack you were in a movie theater for two hours with yeah. the most handsome human being in the world you i know was, what i love about i have it. a response it's, to that but i can't say because it it's a spoiler yeah you know what i love about um, it it's just a movie that makes you feel like you know you should be in the theater watching like you know a movie <laughs> oh man klein um uh i am going to go in a bit of a very different direction uh last night we got we've been home we've unpacked from our trip and i'm like let's watch something i want just like fluff like i just want empty calories but i want to enjoy my time go watch you've got mail if you haven't watched oh you've got mail guys, not yes. i am on a rom-com rom-com kick lately you've got mail nora efron directed written she obviously is the goat uh when harry met sally julie and julia if you're into that um but never seen either of those but tom hanks in live tyler or no not not meg ryan tyler meg Meg ryan Ryan. sorry i want to say live ryan meg ryan tom hanks and meg ryan in this movie it's so good the music it is of a time that is past so it may like for younger listeners they may just like completely fall on deaf ears but what a film what a film also Rings of Power, guys. Go watch mm. Rings of Power. And I'll do yeah. another quick, a really quick one. I'm also watching The Boys, liking The Boys, but I watched one episode, and it's on Netflix. If you're into anime, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, based on the video game, oh. is amazing. I've watched one episode. It's by Studio Trigger, which did um, The Twins, which is a Visions episode. Mm, um yes. and so the style is awesome if you just like sci-fi if you like neon lights and awesome action and a great story uh edge runners is i've i'm really liking it. i've only i've only i think yeah one and a half episodes into it but it is very good i am going to recommend 
DC League of Superhero Pets. Or DC oh, League it's of coming. Pets. It's coming to our version of HBO Max here, like this week. I, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I need to watch it. I've heard good things. It it came on our version last Monday, uh, not this Monday, but the last Monday in September, and I watched it, and I just had so much fun. It is so much better. It is so different compared to how it was marketed, and I feel like if they marketed it, if they had marketed it a little bit more better, a little bit more better, I'm obviously not good at words. Well, didn't they like push and, it really late? Wasn't it supposed to be coming out in May, and then it came out in June all of a sudden? Like. Yes, something like that happened. Yeah, it was that's a WBD being idiots thing. Um, they're becoming WMDs on themselves, but it's so good. It's really endearing. You are going to cry at a certain point and you shouldn't. And there's a turtle and they may or may not cuss and they may or may not censor it. And it's an amazing bit along the movie. But uh, the voice acting cast is elite, like a list like if this were a live action movie it'd be the most expensive movie of all time when it comes to just actors that's including the fucking end game and infinity war um my other one my sequel to my recommendations is house of the dragon oh my god people are losing eyes people are having heads become literal mush rats are eating but how many hobbits are there guys like shut up fuck cares how many dragons are there klein eh? I, don't, I don't need dragons i got sick ass dwarves. are there hobbits in that show or is it their ancestors they're called, called harfoots actually yeah, exactly. they're not hobbits but so i appreciate, I appreciate that you yourself jack fuse i appreciate that you were the one to call that one out thank you <laughs> i don't know anything they are great um they're awesome it's all it rings the power it's 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 very slow, but it's good. You can post two Next. gifts on Twitter now and different videos at the same time. Oh, <laughs> dude! Cool the the meme game has been changed. <laughs> what? You can't? Is that? Are you fucking yeah, with so, me right yeah. now? You know, oh, yeah. you know that meme of the Pope like holding up like something, and it's like a, it's like a picture of someone else or whatever. You can do that with like a video now. So like someone just did that, but it's a video instead, and you can do two gifts or a video. I think you can do a bunch of things. Magical. So that means. Uh, sentient and droids you can do that as well and we can do that to you so hit us with your favorite thing again at reckless rebels r-e-c-k-l-e-s-s-r-e-b-e-l-s -E -E next week we'll be diving into andor episode six we will wrap up aldani allegedly and we will talk rebel report should there be any news that drops and maybe we'll play another game in the rebel arcade we have reached the end of this episode. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Are you an angel? I am an angel. Thank you very much, little Annie. What? <gasps> Thomas over here just yeah. jizzing over the Hyrule trailer. This is the. Tr oh, that
That's yeah. the mother. That's the Keeve kid. That's the that's, kid. That's I knew gotta it. be. I watched it. And I was like, "You're related right, to the broom that's kid." The Keeve kid. Oh, broom that's kid. gotta be Marsha Rowe. Martha. Martha. Martha Rowe. Did you say rest in peace? Yeah, dude. Broom is kid's dead? definitely dead, man. Broom kid was definitely. He was definitely like part of somehow when when Palpatine goes no more rebellion and like the lightning shocks like somehow it must have been connected he was probably a dyad with broom kid and then like and it, it killed broom kid like broom kid from the inside out like his brain just like like it was like a scene from the boys like he exploded like a watermelon dropping from eight stories up and it was just every, all the other kids in the stables were like no and then the slave master came by and was like you know who's got to clean all this up and it it was the kids because they were also broom kids Kid, we had to like post that story somewhere like the fact that he just went on and it actually like <laughs> was funny 